Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You love midnight movies, don't you? <laughs> but can you handle midnight movies 24 hours a day? Your death will be indescribable. Find out on Black Flag TV. <laughs> The first viral television on the web. Black Flag TV is entirely dedicated to haunting horror, science fiction, and cult movies. Broadcasting live, 24 hours a day, obscure independent movies and classic horror. Make Black Flag TV your sanctuary for the horror genre. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Visit us now. Blackflag.tv Page to screen. From page to screen. Oh, Mr. W. Good evening to you. Hello. This seems ages since we've done this. It's only been like two or three weeks, though, hasn't it? But it just seems like an absolute age. So, so yes, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for the welcome, and welcome to you again. Like I say, it's been a while since we chatted. It seems longer than it has been. Indeed, yes. I think, doesn't it? It's quite, it's quite weird. Um, it seems like an absolute age since I actually did any sort of podcasting, even though it's probably only been like a week or two. So, uh, time if you don't not having fun. Uh, well, no, if you don't, if, yeah, true. If you don't do it weekly, it sort of you really, really do get out of the habit quickly. There is some check uh, to that. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I was referring to podcasting, but I'm sure it applies to a whole bunch of things, doesn't it? Yes. So, <laughs> and just to test you, do you know what episode four happens to be about? Uh, I cheated and looked. Well, uh, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, and I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, this is kind of the sidelines from it. The tie-ins, things like um, the memorabilia shows, etc. And kind of all the... Um, as we'll come on to later, tie-ins like theme parks and uh, yeah, things like that. Most definitely, yep. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of it's going to be memorabilia shows oh. because we've we went to. I would say we go to quite a few, but it's been years since we actually went to some, hasn't it? Yep. Do you know it's been about six years or something since we went to one? I know, I miss them. I'd really Long they were fun. <laughs> yep, most definitely. I mean, did you and I go? I think you and I went to the first one that we both went to. Uh, I believe <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like double duck. It does, doesn't it? I mean, the the first one, you and I used to go to the ones in Birmingham, yeah. the Birmingham NEC, the big memorabilia shows. Yes. Um, the first one I ever went to, I remember meeting a woman called Ingrid Pitt, who was an old Hammer House horror one. Were you there on that one, or was it just me and Everton that went to that one? No, that was uh, that was the three of us, I believe. Yay. And, uh, of course, Everton's um, follies, should we say, you know, with the James Bond actors, but we won't go into that yet. Order, but I'm sure we will most definitely go into it though, because that's part of the fun, isn't exactly. it? Some of the stupid things you hear. The first memorabilia show I ever went to, uh, the one I met Ingrid Pitt. It was weird because I had some spare money at the time. You had some spare money at the time, yeah. and I got sort of 
obsessed by, oh my god, I'm actually in this big hall with movie stars, therefore I must get every single person's autograph, even if I've never heard of them, <laughs> because they're obviously movie stars. Um, Ingrid Pitt was one of them. I'd never really heard of Ingrid Pitt before um, I got her signature. But she was probably at the time 70, do you reckon? Um, yeah, but she didn't look that old, said he, trying to kind of you know, sound nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, she she looked older than she did in the photos. And I remember going up to her saying, right, I'm, I want a signed photo and I'm going to put it up on the wall in the video store. Yes. Um, and she picked out this photo of her from one of her sort of earlier films where she was literally in a bath, topless. I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, this is going to go on a wall and everybody's going to walk in the shop and see it. She's like, that's fine by me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I bought that one, got that one signed. And I also bought another one. Uh, a fully clothed one, and that was the one I actually put up in the shop. I thought, I really can't put a topless picture up on the wall. People go, who's that? Well, this is it. It's a case of, um, you tended to kind of be one of the more polite ones that they probably had to deal with. You you basically let them choose what photo out of them. They generally had kind of a, a selection of about eight different ones at least, didn't they? And it's yeah. a case of, you know, oh, you choose which photo you want me to have. <laughs> I mean, sort of bring everybody up to speed on memorabilia shows. You literally find one in your sort of local-ish area. They have them all the time. You do an internet search. You buy a ticket. You go in. You queue up. You meet whoever's on the guest list. You have a however long conversation. Um, you get a nice signed photo, which you do pay money for. But to be honest, I always never really had an issue with paying for the autographs. Otherwise, I mean, what would happen if they were free? True. Um, though, again, to throw the spanner in the works, as they say, I do remember one that you had a bit of an issue with. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Mr. Chewbacca himself. Yep. Uh, uh, the rants were legendary. <laughs> exactly. But I think the thing is, if you, if these movie stars and TV stars and whatever stars were able to sign things for free, you would literally get people going down with 20 or 30 oh, yeah. items. And then selling them on, you know. On eBay yeah. and stuff. Like that. You'd never get to meet these people because the queues would be huge. Exactly. Um, so I, I do think that £10 would have been better than 25 in some cases. Well, yeah. No names mentioned again, but take the hint from before the there. <laughs> so yeah want to sort of get the Chewbacca thing out of the way I met, we met the guy who you were there at that time I before, was yeah yep. uh, Peter Mayhew who played Chewbacca in the original Star Wars films and the Revenge of the Sith I believe uh, queued up said it's 25 quid I think it was so here's my money thank you and he had a photo of himself as Chewbacca mm-hmm. and I said could you write to Stuart on it and he went I don't personalise them oh I'm sorry what I don't personalise them. It hurts my hand. I have to sign these things all day, and it makes my hands hurt. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, how much are you being paid to be here, and how much are you exactly. getting per autograph? <laughs> I thought, fair enough. I'm not going to have an argument with Chewbacca, because that would just... Although that would have been a really cool story. <laughs> I remember the day I tried to punch Chewbacca out, and then got thrown out of the Birmingham <laughs> Um He would have killed me. Now. He was a huge, huge guy with hands like shovels. Ah, but you had friends. <clears throat> yeah, the security there as well. Um, and he wouldn't personalise it. So he wrote, instead of writing to Stuart... Peter Mayhew, he wrote Chewbacca, mm-hmm. Peter Mayhew. And the words Chewbacca, the letters of Chewbacca are actually more letters than to Stuart. So I don't, and it was on a photo of Chewbacca. So I don't need him to write the picture. Of, you know, I don't need him to write the name of the thing that's on the picture. Oh, like I you could say, see you know, there's so many different, you know, famous Wookiees, you know, you'd never be able to tell it was him <laughs> if you hadn't put that on. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, I mean, that was to me the only RC. Um, celebrity person I've ever met. Yeah, um, basically it's a case of a, a missed opportunity, should we say. Um, one of those ones that I've forever kicked myself for. Um, basically, I was going to these for a couple of years before we met uh, with a, a female friend of the time. 
uh, both was, as well as them being movie, movie memorabilia. They also did a lot in the way of comic books, and I was uh, quite a collector of those at the time. But um, one of my favorite films ever, um, and I know I'm going to get flack for this, but I'm going to say it, ever, I'm going to say it anyway, is um, a film, Big Trouble in Little China. And um, one of the guys there was uh, a certain absolutely wonderful gentleman uh, by the name of James Hong. I knew you were going to say James Hong, and I, I know exactly who he is, and he seems like the coolest person around. Oh, well, this was it. It was a case of, um, at the same memorabilia show, they had a few people. Babylon 5 was big at the time, so they had a, a couple of actors from there, you know, kind of signing autographs. But um, something that they did then, which I never noticed really at the ones afterwards, was they got some of the people signing autographs to actually do voiceovers on the tannoy. So announcing that they were doing, you know, kind of autographs and what have you, and announce everyone else that was doing it. And um, James Hong actually came on and he basically did his introduction as his character, David Lopan, from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. It was phenomenal. And uh, like I say, it was literally a case of we were going around, like I say, uh, there was a couple of us there. And by the time I actually got to the point of thinking, right, got time, I'm going to go and get the autograph. He'd gone, and we were going shortly. I think he was on his lunch or something, and so I missed out. Um, I would have really loved to have, uh, you know, met him and chatted. But that was one of my first major memories of these. But um, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I'd seen James Hong in things like the A Team and whatnot. Oh, he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those people that's been in so much, and you know, it's literally a case of. Often he, he he is purely a supporting actor, which is sad because he is a great actor. You know, yeah. he's done a lot of voice acting. If you've ever watched Kung Fu Panda, he's. I haven't. No, I haven't seen either of the Kung Fu Panda. I know people who have seen it and they they've put me off it just by saying they hate it. So, oh yeah. no, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, like I say, that was probably one of my first ones because, like I say, I, I started out going down for the comics. But yeah. um, you know, the number of memories that I've got from all these though. Yeah, we've had, we've had some pretty good ones, as you well know. <laughs> I mean, I know one of your favourite ones is John Rhys Davis, who played Gimli oh, yes. out of Lord of the Rings, as well as uh, Salah out of the Indiana Jones movies. He was such a nice boy. He really was. I mean, literally, they were queuing around the block to get his autograph, but he didn't rush. He he was laughing. He was joking with people. Um, yep. People were asking, "Can we have our photo taken with him?" And he he was happily obliging you know and making jokes about it you know sticking the bunny ears up behind people <laughs> i still have those photos i have maybe three or four photos that i took of uh, of john reese davis with rick and vic and yep. whatnot and um, your signed and, yeah. photograph i do and uh, the only thing that niggles me about that one is because he had photos there and he had one of his himself dressed up in the gimli makeup so you couldn't really see his face yes. you could see the character and he had the only one they had that was him was from sliders yes so I opted for that one because it looked like John Reese davis not Gimli. And he wrote on it uh, to my good friend Stuart, which is fine, um, from Professor so-and-so. And it's like, I never watched Sliders. <laughs> so it's like, I wish that Professor part wasn't there. It, it, it did sign it, John Reese davis as well. Oh, but yeah. it, uh, and look how much, that you, as you said, queuing around the block. And he wrote pretty much like half an essay on my photo. Yeah, I mean, Didn't complain and, whatsoever. And how long did he stand there literally chatting with us? He, he literally, yeah. the, it wasn't wasn't a case of, right, what do you want on the photo? There you go, bye. It literally well, was. He'd have, a, he'd have a chat with you. I remember having a conversation with him 
about whether he's going to be in the next Indiana Jones film. This is the Crystal Skull. Yeah. And he was saying, no, I've not had the call yet. I said, you should get the call. It's just weird. You know, every yeah. time I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade or whatever, I'm thinking, oh, I actually sat you know, had a conversation with that guy. Yeah. What a nice bloke. <laughs> but this is it. A lot of them were really genuine folk. Um, yeah. You had all the ones from the Red Dwarf. Yeah. Yes, and I think I've met actually every single one of those now, all the principals. Um, Chris Barry was the most recent one. I have a photo of him with the infamous lammy sheep. Uh, I've met both the holograms, um, Kachansky, Craig Charles, uh, Robert Llewellyn, who played Crichton, yep. um, Danny John Jules, another really decent bloke who played Cat. Yeah. Um, I think that time he'd just been in Blade 2 as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we met most of the Red Dwarf one, a lot of James Bond people. Oh, yeah, a lot of the... Um should we say, um, female um, leads? Would that be a correct term? There were actually Bond girls. Yeah, the yeah. Bond girls as they, as they class themselves. So yeah. A lot of those. Uh, Britt Eklund. Yes. Uh, it was also in The Wicker Man, I believe. Uh, Carolyn Monroe. Yes. Who was in The Spy Who Loved Me. That was funny because that was one of the first shows I went to. Carolyn Monroe was there. And to be honest, I didn't look at her and go, oh, you were in The Spy Who Loved Me. I don't really remember which <laughs> film she was in. But you look on the desk and you can see it. You go, yeah. oh, that one's got... So you can piece things together but the guy who was just behind me um i'd got my autographs and oh, i've seen your films and i thought you were really really good in them in all honesty i hadn't seen the films she'd been in for years so i couldn't really remember pretty sure she was good in them yeah. but you don't tell them that oh, you know, oh, I can't watch them. this dude behind me went up to him can i have an autograph brilliant here's my money uh, what films were you in i'm like you absolute tit <laughs> <laughs> you can't and you could can just see the look on this poor woman's face going really you're obviously a big fan then yeah Oh. Well, I've got to say, now's the time to bring up the Everton story, with mm. to basically top that one. Um, I, I'm sorry, Everton, if you're listening. I'm sorry we're mentioning this, but you know it's got to be done. Um, basically, um, they got George Lazenby there, one of the Bonds. Um, I'm pretty sure most people know that he starred in the film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And what and what other Bond film did he star in? It's just. Just that one yeah. thing. Yeah, but um, our friend Everton, who professed to be an avid James Bond fan, he'd got um, a special edition book with, that had all, like, effectively the, the promotional posters, pictures of those in for each of the films, down through the ages, starting with Doctor No, etc. And he decided it would be a great idea to get this signed. So, of course, as I say, Stuart and myself were there. We both know, you know, knew who this chap was and what film he was yeah. uh, and all this. And you've got, like I say, Everton, who professed to be a very avid James Bond fan. He finally got to the front of the queue, opened the book at... <laughs> 1979's Moonraker. Yeah, starring <laughs> Roger, Roger Moore. <laughs> and, like I say, Stuart had just seen him and got a signed picture. And... It was literally a case of George looked up, looked at Everton, looked at Stuart with a case of, does this guy know what he's doing kind of look? <laughs> I always remember, and that is one of the cool things about his memorabilia shows. I can't really remember what I said to George Lazenby, but I can still remember the look as he looks up, looks at me, looks down at this Moonraker picture, looks up at the guy who's handed it to him, who just 
went, can you sign it, please? And looks back down again. And it's brilliant. I actually still think I've got a photo of him signing that. It's either that or he's signing my photo. Oh. But, but the thing is, afterwards, Everton tried to blame me. Because <laughs> he said, you told me he was in Moonrake. I'm like, I beg to differ. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I don't profess to be a Bond expert, but I know that he wasn't in that one. I wouldn't mind, <laughs> but it's there on the page. You know, you've got yeah. the movie poster with who's playing James Bond. But then uh, I think at one point Everton got annoyed at George Lazenby, not to his face. But he's like, oh, I can't believe you signed that. Well, what's he going to do? Tell you that? No, I'm not signing that. I wasn't even in it. He's going to sign it, isn't it? Yeah, you, you've, you've paid your money. <laughs> You're asking him to sign this. You know, you could have put a dinner napkin in front of him and he'd have signed it. Exactly. But that was very, very funny. Yeah, uh, that was one of my highlights. But uh, I love these memorabilia shows. And A, I wish we had lots of spare money so we could go to more of them. Yes. Um, but yeah. But I mean, this is it. it's a case of the number of people that they had. They tried to, you know, year on year, you had certain people that were perennially there. Um, but they did try to kind of get other special guests in, didn't they? And it, it was phenomenal meeting these people. Well, the Weasley twins were there from the Harry Potter ones, and I never bothered meeting them because I'm like, they're just kids from this little Harry Potter film that's come out or whatever. But I suppose, looking back, I wish they'd have got their signatures because th- those films were rather larger uh, successes, weren't oh, they? Oh, yes. Um, I mean, the, I think the biggest guest I ever met was George Romero, who did The Night of the Living Dead and all the zombie movies. He was such a nice chap as well. Um, he's got, I've got a photo of him with the little beanie toy sheep. Um, I remember chatting to him about how many times he had to watch Land of the Dead while editing, and he's going on <laughs> tour. and it, such. Um, that's one of my highlights, is meeting George Romero. Well, again, you know, he was a proper, you know, a, a very nice, genuine person. Yeah. You know, the guy actually took the time to chat. You know, again, not mentioning names, but when someone says, you know, 25 quid, no, I'm not going to personalize it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so, but it's 25 quid. Okay, 25 quid to you, Mr. Chewbacca, might not be a lot, but 25 quid to me is quite a few hours' wages. Well, I mean, just to put it into perspective, probably the two people that I remember at these shows that charged the most for their autographs yeah. were Chewbacca and. Wasn't it one of the chaps that played something like the second general from the right in uh, Star Wars? <laughs> <coughs> they always seemed, I'm not going to say RC, but they always seemed a little bit above their Stuck station. Stuck themselves. Speed, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, Chewbacca, it's like, well, what have you been in since 1983? Yeah. Because he hadn't been in Revenge of the Sith at the time. Nope. So it's like, I'm sorry, you haven't worked for 20 odd years yeah. and you're going to be RC. And yet you've got people like, uh, you know, John Reese Davis, who was currently in. Yeah, in one of the biggest awesome <laughs> films. And he was the nicest bloke ever. Yeah. Though, I've got to say, in defense of the Star Wars guys, um, I've never met the chap himself, you know, me, but um, uh, one of our friends, Rick, um, is a big Star Wars fan, and one of his favorites is um, Anthony Daniels, I believe, the guy who played C-3PO, and he's met him a couple of times at these things, and again, an absolute perfect gent, a real nice person. So nice. he may be the exception to the rule on like the Star Wars crew that do the uh, shows. Definitely, I'm, I wouldn't have thought all the Star Wars people are actually, oh, no. but you do you do tend to hear a lot of them are, you know, the stories about grumpy movie stars. Yeah, a lot of tend to be Star Wars people for some weird reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's because they get sick of people harassing them. I don't know. I suppose it is one of like the first major kind of cult fan type films, you know, that most yeah. people still around would remember. I suppose you've got that Star Trek, haven't you? Really? Well, yeah, true. Yeah. That were the biggies. 
Um, but now we used to spend a lot of time in the memory. There used to be long days. You know, by the time we got back up here, it was right. I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm shattered. Well, I remember one time we did both days because it was over a full weekend. We actually booked yeah. into a hotel down there and uh, yeah, stayed over and went in the next day after a very late night. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I mean, I w- I would probably go down to some of them again. Oh yeah, uh, given a given a chance, definitely. I tend to just look and see who's on and go, eh, yeah, not bothered. Um, but the first few were like, I don't care who's on, they're famous people, let's go down and meet them, type thing. It is one of those things, you'd, you'd like to see those kind of conventions and, you know, kind of memorabilia shows move around the country a bit so that you know, kind of people in different locations would could get easier access. Well, they did have one. I mean, the other one's obviously not close to us, but they had one in Milton Keynes. And Who'd want to go was- to Milton Keynes? I went there once, but it was horrible. It was in like a shopping centre, this thing. Yeah. And they had the famous people, because Sean Astin was there, and I think Elijah Wood was there. It was around the Two Towers sort of ah, yeah. release. <laughs> uh, but they had them in little cubicles, so you couldn't see them unless you paid money to queue oh, up. That's and you're ridiculous. like, oh, come on. Um, whereas at the Birmingham one, it was pretty much open plan. Yeah. Yeah, you could walk past and see um, everyone else talking to them. Well, I remember snapping maybe a dozen or two shots of Elijah Dushku who was in, like, Buffy the Vampire. Don't blame me on that one. (laughs) Never managed to meet her because they'd brought in this horrible ticket system where you needed to queue up and then you got a number and so on. But originally, when we used to go to the Birmingham things, it was just queue up. (laughs) You join your queue and you just meet the person. Um, I didn't like the numbering system, but I was still able to get loads and loads of photos of Elijah. Mm -hmm. Didn't manage to meet her, didn't get an autograph, but so what? Still got these cool shots of her. Um, So that was nice. But in a cubicle? Really? It's horrible. I've got to say, one of my favourite photos that you got from there was uh, has got to be Marina Sirtis. Yes. That was a very good photo as well. Yeah. Deanna Troy <laughs> from Star Trek. Yep. But yep. in the photo you've got, she's not in costume. She's literally just her. And it is very good. Yeah. That was quite... I mean, you're on about the signed one or yes. the actual shot. There. Yeah. <laughs> I always prefer... I don't <laughs> mind the ones where they're in costume, but I prefer... You know, I've not met the character. Yeah. I've met the actor or the actress yeah. or the director. You know, uh, you may remember them for the characters they played, but they are still a person. Exactly. And that's the person I'm going to meet. I don't go, oh, Deanna, Troy, you're awesome. It's like, hello, Marina. Well, yeah, it's like you say, yeah, it's not a case of when you meet John Reese davis It's not a case, oh, do the Gimli voice, do the Gimli voice. <coughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I met quite a few Star Trek. I met the Borg Queen, Alice Green. Mm, yes. Um, Claudia Christensen from Babylon 5. Ooh, definitely. Um, she had laryngitis that day, so she, her throat was killing. Oh. Um, so I'm like, you don't have to talk too much, just sign up. <laughs> it's fine. And smile for I the camera. <laughs> I don't watch Babylon 5, but I saw you in the hidden, that type of thing. Uh-huh. But, uh, I'm one of the nicest people I ever met, and I actually got a signed book from him. Because um, that's something else they did, of course. It wasn't just photos. If they happened to be releasing a book at the time. Biography, etc., whatever. You could do it. I've got, um, what have I got? John Glenn, who, not the astronaut, but the, the James Bond director. Yeah. I got signed a book from him. I got the Ingrid Pitt's biography. I was quite sad to hear that Ingrid Pitt actually died a few years yeah. ago. So I, didn't, oh, I found sort of way, way after she died. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Uh, so I've got her signed book to read. Um, Richard Keel yes. from Jaws. <laughs> yes, Jaws himself from Bond. Brilliant bloke he was, and a wonderful book as well. Yes. So that's one of the few books I've again, read. Again, a very nice person. <laughs> exactly. Very tall person as well, am I? Oh, yeah. But again, full of smiles. And it wasn't you know, it wasn't just for the publicity thing. He was actually a genuinely friendly and happy person. So I would probably say, I mean, who are the, who are the highlights that you've met at these things? Mine would have to be George Romero, um, Richard Keel, 
Um, who am I going to go for? Um, probably just going to go for those two. I think they're they're my definite two. Wow, glad I met them. Mm. Tom Savini, of <clears> course. <throat> oh yeah. Um, for me, I would probably have to say John Rhys Davis. Yeah, would be my main one. <clears throat> but uh, like I say, you know, it, I a lot of the times you go down there and you're going down to see two or three that you know of, and it's a case of okay, you know. There's about another six or whatever on, and it's a case of, fuck okay, it, who, who are they? And because we went down in, in like, a, a group, often yeah. people would be able to fill in the blanks, like yourself, you know, with your knowledge of films. It'd be a case of, oh, yeah, that's the director of such and such. Oh, that's great. You know, the person behind the camera. Well, I also used to do a little bit of research, though. So if I hadn't really, you know, I didn't know much about Person X, yeah. I would do research on Person X so that when I go down, I don't look like, don't look like an absolute moron. Like going, <clears throat> What were you in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least you can kind of, you know, blag it a bit. And it's case, oh, I really loved you in such and such. Yeah, I was, I mean, that's something else I used to do. Because when I had the video store and I used to write screenplays and stuff, I used to write off to the celebrities, or who I would deem as celebrities. And I would always mention something that probably not that many other people mentioned. Yes. So I wrote to Oliver Stone and I didn't go, Platoon was brilliant, that was awesome. I would say, you know that film that everybody thought was crap? That's actually one of my favourite films that you've ever done. And thank <laughs> you for doing that. Obviously, I'd phrase I wouldn't use the word everybody thinks it's crap type thing. But that's what I did with Oliver Stone. I said, heaven and earth. I said, I really don't get why the critics panned it. That is one of the best films you've ever done and thank you for doing it. And this, that, and the, other. the guy off his own bat sends me a signed, post, uh, signed photo through the post. Very nice. Um, David Fincher, who has done Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Fight Club 7 and so on, I wrote off to him many, many years ago saying, I think it's really, really funny that everybody has realized how awesome you are when they were all slagging you off doing Alien 3. <laughs> I, you know, I love Alien 3. The critics are idiots. Studio are idiots. I'm really glad you fell on your feet. David Fincher writes me a note back saying, many thanks, Finch. And I'm like, wow. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned something that not everybody else is going to mention or just be open with them. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, I mean, through the post is a very good way to sort of meet uh, movie stars as well. It took me many, many years to get a John Carpenter signed picture, but I got one. And it was uh, worth it many, <laughs> Oh, very much so. David Cronenberg, it took me a few years to get that. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer. Yep. You know, all through the post just by writing off and just being honest and stuff like that. Well, this is it. I mean, the other thing is, Moving on slightly, you've got the whole concept of, you know, kind of autograph trading as well. You know, buying them over, you know, over the internet, you know, people that have collected them and then they'll sell on the photos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at two as we speak that um, you actually got for me. Which would be, which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got the Sopranos on one side uh, yeah. and the uh, original CSI on the other. Nice. And somewhere in your house, you've got your gun in 60 seconds. Oh, yeah, that's uh, one of my favourites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Though I must admit, you know, Anne doesn't appreciate the fact that, you know, one of the reasons I love it is Angelina Jolie, but we won't go into that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I've, I've spoke to a few people who, well, not a few people, but people now and again who just don't get the whole autograph thing. They're like, why? Was, was so what? They're just normal people. Yeah. Well, yeah, but still. And because they're just normal people... You know, not means put a downer on things, but they die. You know, yes. If you get that little memento of them, you know, especially if it is personalised, you know, to Stuart, you know, yeah, it, it, like the Ingrid Pitt one. Yeah, 
you know, I will treasure that more than I would if she was still walking around. I actually have in my possession a Marlon Brando autograph um, and a signed first edition of an Alec Guinness book. Wow. So, you know. And like you say, you're not collecting them to sell. You're collecting them to collect. Uh, yeah. It is memorabilia. That's the whole thing. Exactly. Because you and I have spent so many hours talking about movies and we've done, I mean, this is episode number four of this one, but we touch upon cinema and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's part of our lives, exactly. isn't it? So, of course, we're going to surround ourselves with little trinkets of movie memorabilia. Oh, yeah. Uh, I get away with stashing my house filled, you know, with more stuff than you do, but uh, oh. I have my own little room that's filled with it, man. It's like the lightsaber I bought at one of the memorabilia fairs yeah. and then promptly smashed my light fitting with it. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, now you have a connect to do lightsaber. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is it. There's so many other kind of tie-ins as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you think of all the things that, well, basically, you know, there are in the world that, uh, you know, that people do. Um, I've already mentioned the fact that we've got the, uh, was it the theme parks, etc. Yeah. Um, I believe you've been to several more than me. You know, you've been to the actual, you know, uh, forget what. That, it was. I've been to Universal Studios in Hollywood. Yeah. So. And that's that's how obsessed I am with movies and stuff. The fact is that. You know, I travelled halfway across the world and actually did these things. But this is it. Um, it's basically a case of, you know, it's moved on. You, you've got, I mean, one of the ones that always kind of did it for me was um, the bit from Jaws. And they put that in the theme park. So you've literally got this tour of the studios and you're going around and the big shark comes out of the water. Yeah, I, That went for a while, didn't it? And then they rebuilt it. Or it. Thank you. Yeah, I think it did. King Kong went, Ooh, yeah. that burnt down actually a few years ago, but I don't know whether they rebuilt or not, I'm hoping they do. Uh, one of the coolest things I saw going around the Backlot Tour was the, the A-Team van, the DeLorean car <laughs> from Back to the Future, and the Cycle House, you know, Bates Motel. Mm. It's going to sound stupid, but they are very tourist-based. Oh, yeah. And I know they kind of have to be, but I would like a genuine tour, you know, that sort of thing, yeah. um, which I ended up getting uh, going around Pinewood. Ah, for a couple yeah. of days. It was awesome because <laughs> um, it wasn't a studio they don't do public tours no um, but there was a customer who used to come in a video store and his job was to maintain the sound decks that they would use to record the soundtracks at various studios and stuff so he knew that I was really really into films and then one time he said oh would you fancy coming down to London for a couple of days and I'm like well that's weird because you're a bloke and you've just asked me to come down to London <laughs> but thank you thank you and no thank you um, but over sort of weeks and months a genuine guy yeah Um I'm like, you know what? That sounds really cool, actually. He said, well, all you've got to pay for is your hotel room. He said, food's fine because I'll whack it on my expenses, but you just pay for your room. I'm like, okay. So I went down, and day one, I think we went around Pinewood Studios. I hung out with some of the Bond people, got a look around the uh, the Ice Palace set from Die Another Day. Wow. Um, past the Stanley Kubrick building, and he literally gave me a guided tour of Pinewood. Um, I also met a musician at one of the other studios called Courtney Pine. <laughs> not if heard of him yes. or not, but he's quite a big musician. He was there, and there was another dude there. And you know, here I am talking to this chap, and I'm like, oh, "So what are you doing next week?" You're like, "Oh, I'm not really sure. Actually, I'm on the new Scorsese film. I think Gangs or something or other." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Oh, um, and then the day after, we went to a place called Air Lindhurst, which used to be a church somewhere in London. Yeah. And they converted it into a recording studio. That's where they recorded a lot of soundtracks, like a Gladiator and stuff. I think was done there. 
and they were recording the soundtrack for this little animated film called Spirit, something of the Cimmerillion or whatever it is, uh, Legend of the Cimmerillion. There's an animated thing about a horse, yeah. and who was actually conducting the, the orchestra by Hans Zimmer. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but he was on his lunch. Oh, no. He was on his lunch. This guy went, we're, we're going to have to go now because we've got to move on. We've got to go back to Pinewood. And I'm like, but, but it's Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I did get to hear that some of the music being played by his study, his understudy, though, who's conducting the orchestra. I've never heard acoustics like that my entire life. Wow. It literally brought water to your eyes. And who would have thought that about a bleeding, stupid film about a horse, but fantastic acoustics. Um, And I was sitting there chatting to Mike Oldfield's manager. (laughs) And he was like, oh, you and uh, Neil was this other guy. You'll you'll have to come up to the house next time you're down. And Mike will be there. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So it's way beyond the memorabilia things where they charge you 25 quid, but it's like, yeah. whoa. Um, and then moving on to the podcast side of things, which is me progressing it even more, yeah. having people like Brooke Lewis. And it was weird. I was watching DVD this morning downstairs, a film called Madison County. Yeah. And it came up directed by Eric England. I'm like, he's one of my Facebook friends who I've had many conversations with, <laughs> starring and produced by Ace Marrero. Yep, I've spoke <laughs> to him several times. And he's on my list. Another tick on the <laughs> It's weird. I can walk around my day job in the video department and go, I know the producer of that. I spoke to somebody that was in that one. Oh, I've got them on my mobile phone. Boink. It's very, very bizarre. Oh. Um, but again, but just it just goes to prove these people are people. You know, they're not the prima donnas that, okay, some of them probably are, but yep. you know, they are genuine people and it's just it's what they do for a living. Yeah, exactly. So as they you said, some of them are prima donnas. But, you know, every one of these people will think, I need to go for a pee, or they'll be, they'll vomit now and again, or they'll go for a poop, or whatever. You know, they all, yeah. they're just cool people with cool jobs. Yes. Uh, I've had people tell me off now and again, going, you shouldn't idolize these people. I'm like, I don't idolize these people. I just think it's really cool that I got bored one day and phoned up the yeah. head of Disney. You know, I'm not going to go, I did it, therefore <laughs> I spoke to God. No, I just think having conversations with these people it's just a really cool thing to do. This is it. It's a case of they're probably so used to people being starstruck around them. They probably just want people to treat them like normal folk. Oh, I've, I do get starstruck. Um, <laughs> certainly on some of the first memorabilia shows. I can't remember the specific actors and actresses, but it literally was a, can you just sign it to Stuart? Thank you. Yeah. Gone. It's <laughs> the 20 quid for I'm off. <laughs> um, and then you get a bit sort of cockier. I mean, once I took the Beanie Baby sheep down. Yes. Uh, and it was like, you'd go up to somebody, that, the big orc that killed Sean Bean in, in Fellowship of the Ring. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> I go, would you like, hold this sheep, dude. You big seven foot Maori looking dude. Hop a sheep. <laughs> Click. Really busy. You just get a bit more cheeky and a bit more relaxed in these things. But again, it's off. You know, it's basically off the bat. They're, they're not going to be expecting that, and they'll probably react better because of it. Yeah, they did. I've got a wonderful photo of Chris Barry, who was in uh, Red Dwarf, Blade the Hologram, yeah. of the, the face that he pulls while he's got the sheep, and it's an absolute <laughs> picture. So they, they sort of do take it in good humour. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you just got, yeah, I know it's really stupid, but have a sheep yeah. because the sheep's been all over the world and boink. <laughs> shop, shop. Um, so I've got quite a few of them. Uh, I think the one with the stormtroopers is my favourite though. So yeah, <laughs> oh, that was in the games. But I'm going to try and take a night down to one of these memorabilia shows at some point. I nearly went down to the last one in Birmingham, but it was on two days before I got my first paycheck after about three months off. Ouch! Um, and I'd managed to even bag press passes for it. Ooh. But I just did not have the money for the transportation, didn't have the money for the hotel, and yeah. I couldn't. So it's like, got it. Um, but I'll get to the next one, I think. But it's just, it freaked me out that I could actually get a press pass. I'm like, really? You're going to give me a press pass? Fair enough. 
<laughs> I like it. But I mean, like I say, there's so many things that tie in. You know, we are beyond the film now. Everything yeah. that's you know kind of goes the transitions from the big screen to other things. Um, yeah. I mean, we've touched on theme parks. Um, one of the things I've got to bring up is the fact that a lot of them now, you know, you're getting kind of actual proper, as we would call them, you know, kind of you know, fairgrounds that are getting themed rides to do with things like Harry Potter and what have you. Well, I've heard a lot of people talking about Harry Potter World, and they yeah. say it's phenomenal. Kevin Smith just constantly goes on about it. He loves that place. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, all these things that are tying in, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it is big business, basically. I suppose, yeah. you know, if you want to take it to its kind of original point there, you've just got to look at Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, that was the original one that you know did the transition from you know, hey, here's animated characters to a theme park. Well look at it, I mean we've had theme parks based on movies, but we've got Pirates of the Caribbean, which is based on a theme park ride. So yeah. it, it works the other way around as well, doesn't it? <laughs> Ghost not as many are... times as it yeah. But uh yeah, Disney's one of these I've just not done. Yeah. Um I probably will do it, but it's not on my wow, I really want to do Disney because that is the ultimate theme park tourist trap, isn't it? I'd like to do Disney, but I'd like to do the States one. Yes. Yeah, Euro Disney really doesn't appeal to me. Um, No, it's not Euro Disney now. Remember, the French have taken full ownership. It's Disneyland Paris. Yeah, yeah, it's Euro Disney. Yeah, it'll always be Euro (laughs) Disney to me too. Exactly. I've got lots of books that talk about Euro Disney, so (laughs) I believe the written word. Yes. Therefore, it is so. Uh, but you know, I enjoy taking it beyond the movie. A lot of people just watch films and think, "Well, that was good." Next, no, no, that's I, so I like. I like learning about the film, how it was made. Poss- I mean, even visiting locations. Um, you know, I did a trip maybe a couple of months back, going to London, and and I traipsed around London, and we visited something like twenty twenty eight locations. Yeah, uh, you were part of that as well because you supplied the the thing to play the clips and whatnot. Exactly. Um, and mine broke down the night before, but things like that. I just I enjoy watching a film going. Been there. Well, this is it. I mean, I remember you phoning me up from there saying, "Guess where we are?" What? Uh-uh. what where? And it's a case of the Italian job. Yep. <laughs> I'm outside Michael Caine's flat. <laughs> and minute. then twenty minutes. <laughs> And weirdly enough, it's like 10 minutes after that, I was outside Hugh Grant's house in Notting Hill. And then 10 minutes after that, I was outside <laughs> Kate, uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, Kira Knightley's flat in Love Actually. And then it's bizarre, 28 locations in a day. I was in the room where they shot some of Brazil. You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> but I'm not like, you know, they're not shrines to me. I just think it's really cool to go, been there. Yeah. Well, this is it. My, you know, I, I know from the photos you got, a lot of the times you were trying to get you know, the exact same one in a way, you know, from where the the camera angle was, you yeah. know, and you managed to capture that on several, which was pretty impressive. <laughs> well, I caught four shots for every single location. There was a blank one. There was one with me in it. There was one with Annette in it, and there was one with Lammy in it. Mm-hmm. So every single location, bang, 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 bang. Several um, of those have appeared on the beginning of the YouTube one, I believe. Hey, they have indeed. <laughs> As well, Annette, so a while ago, she went, there's no photos of me on your Facebook. And I'm like, okay. Um, she's, she's one of these, a bit like me, doesn't like her own photo type thing, but I'm like, you know what, you're going to be on the YouTube uh, <laughs> YouTube channel uh, opening credits. Definitely. So, uh, there is a few on there. Oh. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed taking it beyond the movie. I don't know where it's going to go. Yes. <laughs> um, as we move off of the location thing and sort of wrap this one up, slightly shorter episode due to scheduling and stuff at my end. Um, coolest one, my location would be Eaton Hamburgers, McDonald's. Yeah. I know you don't like them. 
on the Top Gun naval base. Nice. <laughs> That's one of my coolest ones. Yeah. Well, I've got so. to say, one of the ones that we have missed on this that I know we were going to cover, so I'll just cover it quickly if that's okay, uh, yes. is the transition from big screen to small screen on several things. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, you know, kind of we, we mentioned earlier, it's a case of the several things that, you know, you, you've had theme park rides from, but you've also had TV series spin-offs from movies. I mean, yeah. some of the ones that immediately spring to mind are things like Stargate um, yeah. or um, is it um, Highlander? You got those? Yes. You know, things yeah. have moved the other way, of course, because, you, like say, you know, we've already covered you've got Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? It's not easy thinking, right, started off on the small screen, then went to the big screen. It's, you know, it's, it works both ways. Or the, or the, or the, you know, the movie yeah. shrinking. There's not that many where it started off as a film and then shrunk, as I don't think. No, like you say, you know, it's basically a case of things like, say, Stargate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's one of the ones that, I don't know, I mean, in my mind, I think on some of the ones where they've taken it from a f- movie to a TV series, sometimes, yep. the, you know, and vice versa, sometimes it, it, it's kind of slightly ruined it. I mean, with the ruined one, forgive me, I'm going to probably open a can of worms here, but Highlander, to me, movies... Yeah worked took it to the small screen mm, not quite apparently the series was quite good if you watched about 20 series of the thing or whatever i yeah. watched maybe the first season and a half and it was all right but it wasn't christopher lambert and clancy brown and all that sort yeah. of stuff it was just it, it it was diluted yeah for some reason but if anybody wants to tell me to watch that one email <laughs> me or tweet me or whatever yeah we're open to flaming yeah. oh definitely yeah yeah most definitely. I'm open to people saying, no, actually, you're wrong. You need to watch it because it's really good because that way I might discover mm-hmm. a decent TV show. So, Well, this is um, it. Yeah, there have been some good ones and there's also been, uh, again, I'm going to open this one up for flaming and uh, you, know, you can shoot me down yourself if you want. But um, one of the transitions from TV series to film that, to my mind, didn't work as well was the transition from the TV series Firefly to the film Serenity. Yeah, and I mean, Why? Why do you think that didn't work? They basically tried to wrap everything up very quickly, and I think it shows. You know, it's basically a case of, okay, we've got the money to make one film. Right, we've got to tie everything up, or try to. But the weird thing about that is is Firefly got canned after however many episodes and showed it all in the wrong order and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like 50 million squillion fans came out of the woodwork and went, damn you, Fox, you cancelled it. So that's when they, they brought the money out to do Serenity. But nobody went to see Serenity. Yeah. I mean, why did... It's like, why? Why were you all asking for it? Why didn't you go watch it? I did. And I thought... I did. I did. Yeah. So. You, but it, yeah. it was just one of those ones. I thought, yeah, instead of spending the money on the movie, make another series. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it was. I think that's why they didn't carry it on. I think if it had made lots of money, it would have come back. But just for some reason, all these fans that were crying about this film... They didn't pay money to go and watch it. No. So and it's kind of their own doing, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, I suppose so. But uh, anyway, I, I, I've had my say and I've opened myself up to flames. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll get any flames. I think people, you've not attacked Firefly by any means. I think if you attack Firefly, you go, Firefly's crap, then you know people would attack you. I would one. never attack Firefly. <laughs> but I know no. people that are real big fans of Serenity and yeah, you just think, sorry, yeah, pale shadow in comparison. <laughs> I thought Serenity was fine. I watched it and go, yeah, it was pretty good. That was it. Beyond. As a standalone, it would have worked, but you know, I, I, I just had such high expectations from the original series. Yep, and it didn't pay off. I love all the actors, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'd love to meet them. You know, have a natter with them, chat. Yeah, 
probably over lunch yeah. or something. But yeah, you know, it's literally a case of they should have spent more money and made a second series. Personal they view. Should have done. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Rant over. <laughs> yes, definitely. But that's a stupid Fox Network for showing all the episodes in the wrong order. I think you showed like the pilot episode six weeks in, and it was a real mess. So nobody knew what the hell was going on. Not good. Um, if you do research on it, it's it was shown all out of context. The first ever episode was like episode number six or whatever it was. It was bizarre. I suppose that's the thing. Yeah, basically when it came over here, it wasn't actually shown on television first. It came out as a boxed set, so it yeah. was but, done in the correct order. But by the time when it was showed in the States, they'd they'd already seen it and it had been cancelled by the time it came out over here. They'd already so. knackered it. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. No <laughs> Absolute idiots. <laughs> so what do you reckon you and I go to a mem- movie memorabilia show at some point in the future then? I think that what we ought to do is now on air say that at some point this year we will find one, even if we have to travel, like say, down to Birmingham, whatever. We've got yep. to do it just for old time's sake. And definitely been podcast about it. But not Milton Keynes. No. <laughs> well, the good thing is now, if we go down, we can actually get press passes and just interview these people. Well, go, hello, yeah, be on the show. Yeah, actually record while we're there. Yes, exactly. I w- I'm all up for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I shall uh, put it on my to-do list to find a movie memorabilia yeah, show. We'll do some digging. It may be later in the year, but, well, will obviously be later in the year, but I mean in late, late in the year. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I think it could be around November time, because that's, that's when they used to have them, yeah. I think. Good excuse to go there and say it's for my birthday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's for, for the podcasting as well. That would be my excuse. Yes. So, uh, we can do that. But uh, I think we should keep this podcast segmented and just have it focused on the movie memorabilia show. Yeah. Um, slightly shorter. Yeah. Uh, apologies to everybody who was expecting a show last week. Didn't get one. My fault. Never mind. A lot of things going on and whatnot. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we're back. So am I. Uh, but I wouldn't mention backs. Uh, no, 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 not at all. But uh, I'm glad you've returned. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and uh, do you want to give your Twitter handle out before we close this one up? Um, certainly, certainly. Um, basically, you can catch me on Twitter uh, at. Um, well, this is an odd one. I'm going to have to spell it out, aren't I? It's at, of course, and then Werewolf W four R three W zero L F. Yay. Always confuses me, that one. Oh, I know. Always confuses me. <laughs> um, my gamer tag and Twitter account and everything um, on YouTube channel is from page two, the number two screen. <laughs> so I'm very, very easy to find. Unlike you, yeah, you I, really I hide. Um, with your complicated <laughs> thing. So we shall wrap this one up Indeed. for now, anyway. A, a um, little kind of segmented, but hey. Yeah, a little segmented, a little bit sort of shorter than normal. We're just getting um, back into the swing of things. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. Call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He made one move. Jack! 
And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. There are many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <clears throat> My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Oh, God, is this really happening? This is gonna take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Uh, yeah. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's all in the reflexes. Welcome to a night of total terror. Haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. adventure in fear. An experience in shock. More shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night. Of the living dead. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.